Good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends. This Sunday morning, we are continuing with a review of this week's lesson, and we are looking at worship in education. And this morning's lesson is entitled, We All Worship Something. Last time we met, I had shared that we were created to worship. It's, it's woven in our DNA by our creator. But like everything after the fall of mankind, even, even that innate tendency became warped by sin. Yes, we all worship something or someone. You know, this helps explain why all through humanity and even today, humans practice worship. The lesson tells us in ancient Egypt, some people worship the pharaohs. In other times and in other lands, it says people worship statues of fish, multi-headed gods, and other supposed deities. Some people worship the sun, the moon, the stars, and when we run out of things to worship, some people worship themselves. We were created to worship. And if we're not standing firmly in the presence of the living word, feasting on the written word, if we don't know who we are and whose we are, we will fall for anything. We will bow to anything. We will worship anything. Hmm. Interesting. You have some people that, that worship gods of wood and stone, uh, nature, money, power. Actors, musicians, politicians, often they prostrate at their feet. But most of the times, it's the knees of the heart that are bent. So you sometimes and I sometimes don't know what people are worshipping because it is the heart that is bent. But I love the story of the three Hebrew boys that's found in Daniel Three And the lesson asks, what does the story in Daniel 3 teach us about the importance of true worship? I love the story of these boys. And I, I, I say that because um, many people have provided rational explanations of what they could have done, you know, you know, to, to give the appearance of, of conceding to the king's demand. After all, you know, they had been treated favorably in the king's court. Some people say they could have just bent down to adjust the strap of their sandals at the sound of the music. Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have been wider, wiser. You know, they could have just dropped their handkerchief and bent down just as the music started to play to pick it up right at that precise moment. After all, God knew the intent of their heart. But friends, those three young men recognized the importance of true worship. And so they responded even at the risk of their very lives. Here was a threat. Okay, I'm reading Daniel 3 verse 15. This was a threat. But if ye worship not, that is the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. He said, if ye worship not, ye shall be cast into the sea this selfsame hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Uh, we're not even going to think about it, Nebs. 
If it be so, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, that is, if God chooses not to deliver us, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, we hear your command, but we live by a higher command, one that says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Nebuchadnezzar, you want us to worship an image that you have created, but we worship the creator, the one that created you, O king. Nebuchadnezzar, we know that there might be some who will bow to appease you, but their hearts are far from the charade that you're putting on. But King Nebuchadnezzar, we will neither bow with our knees or with our hearts. What? Did you say death, O king? Hmm. We are not afraid of those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But we have godly fear for the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You see, friends, the three Jewish boys obviously took the second commandment in Exodus 24 verse 6 as seriously as God had meant it to be taken. So the question is, what is that thing that is erecting itself in our lives that demands our worship? Friends, as created beings, we all bow down to something or someone. We are all motivated by something, influenced by someone, grasping for whatever makes us feel worthwhile. And sometimes the things we reach for are overtly destructive, you know, drugs and, and alcohol, you know, binge eating, un uncontrolled gambling. Sometimes the things we use to replace God are the very things that he has blessed us with. Career, education, children, spouse, believe it or not, even our ministry. But Exodus 20 verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down, down to them or worship them. You see, friends, worship. True worship, proper worship is so important that, in fact, it becomes central to the issue in the last days before the second coming of Christ. The lesson tells us that the conflict at the end is all about worship. Thus, Christian education needs to include the whole question of worship, what it is, how we do it, why it's important, and to whom do we worship? And if we look in Revelation 14, verse 6 to 12, we can see what these texts tell us about the central question of worship. And that's going to be the deciding factor, that final crisis before Christ comes. Revelation verse 14 and verse 6, friend says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, 
tongue and people. No one is excluded. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship and worship and worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all, not some, all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships, worships, worship the beast and his image and receive his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out from full strength into the cup of his indignation. Worship is going to be the central issue in earth's closing hours. David Foster Wallace, the, the, the lesson puts it, and I want to quote it because it's thought-provoking. He said, whatever we love the most, whatever we focus on the most, whatever is getting our attention, whatever we live for, whatever we worship, that's going to eat you alive. If you worship the wrong thing, it will eat you alive. Very thought-provoking. Well, we'll catch up tomorrow on Sundays, on Monday's lesson, sorry. Declare it to their children. Please join me tomorrow as we continue this beautiful study of education and specifically this week, worship in education. God bless you.